Yeah, I just really love being part of a team and like working for other people as well as myself. Mm. So I think, yeah, the relay brings the best out of me and um, it's just really, really fun, like going off in a, a mass start with other people and then all going different directions. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Running. We'll be chatting to World Sprint Relay silver medalist Charlotte Ward on the podcast coming up. Um, but first of all, maybe a little roundup of some of the things that have gone on recently and we will look ahead uh, to the European Championships. Will is here. Will, um, you have probably been in your sick bed for the last few days, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. you're, I know you are and you're not doing very well at the moment with COVID, but um, you very gallantly jumped on this call to do the podcast. Uh, yeah, well... Get, get, I don't, gallant or stupid, but either way, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I caught it after two years of avoiding it. I finally caught COVID five days before Europeans, which is a bit, a bit shit. But there we go. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a, a bit of an understatement. To be honest, you've you've had to make the the tough decision to withdraw from from going to Estonia, which, you know, I know you were super looking forward to the, the forest races. You're having raced really well in, in the UK in the forest races this year. You were really, really looking forward to going. So, um, yeah, yeah, the timing sucks, but um, uh, hopefully there'll be other opportunities and you can just get well soon, hopefully. Well, yeah, that, that, that's the main focus now is to focus on uh, getting better first and then worrying about racing. Uh, later down the line just making sure I don't get long COVID or anything like that um, but yeah so we'll get there but the, there'll be more stuff you to will do. get there yeah. I'm sure you will there will be loads more stuff and um, I've just come back from a week uh, in Sweden for my very first O-Ringen which was a fantastic experience it was kind of one of the things on my bucket list that I really really wanted to do 15,000 orienteers uh, around uh, the Uppsala area uh, last week was uh, just amazing and but actually didn't feel like there was too many people out in the forest there were loads of people around the arenas and um, we were in an area that's that sounds a bit infamous in Sweden we were in an area called Lundsen which is very um, very very small hills that the elevation is not very much but there's little kind of contours little ridges of hills absolutely everywhere and and I and I was told that the the few kind of minute couple of minute mistakes that I was making would do not count as mistakes on Lundsen apparently because it is so tough um, that it's and there's so few paths as well that it's very very easy to get lost and completely lose where you are completely lose map contact and then just be running around um, in circles but it was really nice to see a lot of the the juniors out there as well actually I, it feels like a bit of a rite of passage for some kind of 18s 20s and of course I mean I entered this event two and a half years ago um, and I've been waiting so long to get to it for it's finally there and it, I think a lot of the juniors were kind of in the same boat as well so it was nice to see a lot of them out there mm. uh, doing well and just kind of enjoying it too yeah no it looked really really cool uh, Lundsen's on those areas that you hear about quite a lot from uh, like Thierry's training in um, in Uppsala and things so it did look really spectacular very uh, very gutted not to be there myself actually but uh it's um yeah it's cool that O-Ringen's back as well properly like it's one of those stalwarts of the summer the summer season and yeah yeah it's pretty cool 
I was describing it to people as like the mecca of orienteering. It's just yeah. it feels like you know the place everybody is united by their love for the sport, and it's absolutely um, fantastic. And um, before we before we chat to um, Charlotte Ward, you know, very much a sprinter, we now know that the focus is moving on to the forest. So we've got the European champs coming up in Estonia. We will start with there's a middle qualification on this one. And then we've got, uh, that's on the Wednesday, then we've got a, a long distance on the Thursday, then a rest day, then on to the middle final on the Saturday and the relay on the Sunday. I'm just out there for the Saturday-Sunday commentaries, but really excited to be back. Uh, Will, you must have done a, a little bit of prep for the, the terrain and things like that. What can you, you tell me about maybe what it's going to look like? It's very interesting to see that the arena is in the same place. Um, for all of the races, quite unusual as well. Yeah, so it's quite an extensive forest. Um, so it looks like I think get quite a lot of use out of it, but essentially it's classic Estonian moraine terrain, lots of marsh, lots of small hills. If if people go and look at the maps from uh, from Walk in 2017, it's not quite that extreme, but it's similar in terms of the um, the technical challenges there. Very the classic kind of almost Scottish as well, moraine style orienteering. So... Um, Lots of positive features where it's hard to get the shape of the land, very thick vegetation, often a lot of bracken, that kind of thing. So um, uh, a lot of things that are blocking your visibility makes it very tough to hold your line in the terrain, uh, which is especially when it gets to long distance, you know, it's, it makes it pretty a lot more physically tough than you would expect when you're looking, just looking at the maps. Um, so it's going to be a very high technical challenge at the same time as being very physical as well, just because the forests are, are so grown up by this time of the year as well that they, uh, they get pretty physical. Um, so the long distance is going to be very tough. Middle distance qualification is probably going to see people all over the place. And it's just going to be completely chaotic. So it's just like the qualifications we saw a walk with three different heats um, starting at the same time. So it's going to be just chaos and bodies everywhere so um i think if again if the walk middle distance in in 2017 is is something to reflect on uh running that one there was just people all over the place so imagine three different races going on at the same time it's going to be uh really quite hectic so half of it will be about people just keeping their head and navigating clean not even running that fast um and the the relay is just going to be spectacular (laughs) <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to be back in the, in the ter- in the terrain in the forest and and on um you know this more continental terrain although it's not you know it's not quite like Switzerland where the Swiss really have an advantage it's not like Scandinavia where the Scandinavians have an advantage it's something that I reckon could be a little bit more more open for people although a lot of a lot of people have been have been there Simona Abbasol's been there for the last couple mm. of weeks so some people really getting their eye in from the British side of things, um, the men's team is Sasha Chaplin, Ralph Street, Josh Dudley, Ben Mitchell, Pete Taylor Bray, and Pete Malloy, who's actually still a junior, so is having that uh, first ever senior call up for him. Um, I think he's so also Joe, Joe um, stepped in as well. Uh, Joe, Joe Woodley wasn't on the list. Joe Woodley is replacing me. Ah, Joe Woodley is there replacing you. you. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, great to see him get the call in up the as long. well. I know he's replacing me in the long. 
Fantastic. And then the women's side of things, Cecilia Anderson, Rachel Brown, Fiona Bunn, Megan Carter-Davis, who gets her own spot now as being a world champion. Incredibly exciting. Means we get one more uh, woman, woman on the team. Uh, Grace Malloy, Chloe Potter and Joe Shepard. And I think that Rachel Brown is also a junior as well. So that's a really fantastic call up for her being able to get some of that senior experience. Um, yeah, so it's nice to see, and it's nice to see people like Joe Shepard back, of course, Forest Specialist for her um, back in the team and, and a couple of others as well. So it's really, yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what that team do. I think the expectations won't be quite as high as they were for the sprint, um, but still, I think the fact that it's outside of Switzerland and outside of um, Scandinavia is going to make it really, really wide open, of course after a year where yeah. everyone's been preparing for the sprint so much it's going to be quite nice to get back into the forest yeah definitely so it, and the start fields as well are going to be a lot bigger than the world champs mm. obviously with six people for um gb and the men seven of the women i think for the top tier nations there's eight people um so it's more of the classic world cup start field um uh, so it's going to be big start list especially in the long so it's going to be a long long quarantine day for the athletes in that one so the people who may not have run many internationals recently or as the senior debut just want to keep calm and you know well they'll probably be starting quite early because maybe they won't have the ranking points so there's going to be a lot of tracking in the forest as well so that's probably going to play quite a key part as a as the forest tracks up you know if you get a hundred athletes starting the long distance yeah, over the course of three hours, you're going to have a lot of tracks in the forest. So that's going to impact heavily on, on the results as well. Yeah, it will. It's going to be very exciting then to be back. I'm not commentating the long distance, but I will be there for the middle and the relay. Really excited to see what's going to be there. All right, let's go then straight into our interview. Um, it was great to be able to sit down and have a proper, full-on big world cup world world cup world champs world games all of the world events chats um with charlotte ward and this is what we got up to so charlotte ward world silver hello. medalist welcome back to the podcast uh have you got used to that yet hello yeah oh thanks for having me um I'm not sure actually. I think I think it's just about sinking in. I've had a nice few weeks of more relaxed training and stuff. So, yeah, it's been nice to sort of process things and have a bit of downtime. Yeah. Yeah, and and let every let everything sink in. We're going to we're going to yeah. talk walk in more detail coming up, but I I want to try and set some of the context for what the year or even the few years have been like for you leading up to this World Championships. Um, maybe start with a, a very uh, suboptimal build-up, so maybe put it politely. Tell us what happened to you at the JK. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, two weeks before the JK, I was at ASOM, um, and the, the sort of the fun Friday night um, sprint relay thing that was, you know, not important at all. <laughs> um, I, I think I put my foot in a rabbit hole. There was a field, like filled of rabbit holes and it sort of um I think it must have bent like slightly the wrong way um so I finished the race and it was like my Achilles and the inside of my ankle was really sore um so I couldn't race any of ASOM which was very sad um so I went all the way to Belgium just to sit and watch everyone else <laughs> race <laughs> which is less fun um 
than it could have been. Uh, yeah, I, I got back and went to a physio and she sort of was like, oh, it, you know, it seems fine, just monitor it. Um, do a bit of running if it doesn't hurt too much. And, um, and yeah, and it was okay. And then I think, but because I hadn't done any fast running, as soon as I set off from the start line at the JK, it was just like, no. My ankle just said no, basically, and I had a big pull up the back of my Achilles, and uh, yeah, that was that was me stopping and walking uh, from the start line of the JK sprint. So, yeah, I think at that point uh, in the year, it was difficult to see or know whether I'd actually make any uh, start lines for yeah either the the World Cup or the World Champs. So. That was a, a difficult time, but um, I always think you never know when your last race in a GB vest is going to be. And I was really, really determined to make sure that that ASOM night sprint relay was <laughs> not my last appearance in a GB vest. Um, yeah, so that, that motivated me to, to cross train uh, hard and try and make the start lines. Yeah, so... Did you even make it to any controls in the JK? Or was it straight out of the start line? No, no, it was, no it was straight off the start line. Yeah, straight off the start. That's horrible. So, what do you have to do from then? Is it? It's just cross training. Did you do even much running before the um, before the first World Cup round in Sweden? I didn't do much running. No, uh, I think I had. Uh, I think it. It might have been. It was four or five weeks between the JK and the World Cup. Five mm-hmm. weeks, yeah. So I think I definitely had three weeks um, with no running at all. And then two weeks where I tried to do a little bit of running. Just so that I could build up a bit of confidence. Um, that I was able to run like almost pain-free. But mm-hmm. it was still a bit uncomfortable. Um but yeah, it was mostly mostly cross training. But I got uh, quite used to going outside on a on the bike. So and <laughs> something I found I enjoy. So you know, it's, that's the silver lining. So. <laughs> Sound like you're you're definitely you always a person to find a silver lining um, in in everything, even if it's you know a, a really horrible, annoying injury five weeks before a World Cup. You can hopefully take it well and and work through it. Well, yeah, I don't know. This this year has challenged me more than any other, I think. But it's nice to have come out the other side of the injury with um, with some success, and yeah, also a new hobby in cycling. So yeah, hey, well, what more can you ask? Well, um, <laughs> we will get onto that success, of course. But I I was listening on my way home from work today to when we first spoke to you on the podcast, which was I don't know if you remember, it was right at the start of twenty twenty. You just set a whole load of okay. PVs. You'd run a great time at the Sheffield Half. You had loads yeah. of plans of things to do and where you were going to go did, yeah. and what you were going to do. <laughs> and we were looking for a first ever sprint only walk in Denmark in summer of 2020. And then that all came crashing down, I'm sure, very quickly. Um, what do you remember of that time right at the start of COVID and how you reacted to all of the kind of chaos that was going on at that time? Yeah, I remember being extremely disappointed. Um, the f- first thing I remember being cancelled um, was the Bergen Sprint Camp, 
And I was really excited about because I was taking my dad. Um, <laughs> so I was going to go with my dad to the Bergen Sprint Camp. And I was so excited for that. And that was really going to like kick off my year. And obviously, walk that year was, was the big goal. Um, so it was like more and more things were getting cancelled. It was just... It was... Yeah, I think it was hard to keep motivation. And it was hard to see like the other like the end of the tunnel like you know when when would a race come or like what would I be able to target again Mm. um but yeah I I think I I don't know I turned my attention just to enjoying training and doing some different things and not not worrying too much about when that next race would come or if it would come but just yeah enjoying life a bit more and then also getting around to other life things like finishing my PhD <laughs> and stuff so yeah maybe we were talking it was helpful. about that yeah. on the podcast as well oh, were we? <laughs> you sounded like you were in doubt as to whether you'd finish it in September yeah you know I, I did so maybe hey. maybe that maybe that little break from uh, from racing was was helpful in the end yeah no I, yeah I did I did finish it and you know I started a job and and that kind of stuff so yeah I did a lot of other things outside of competing in 2020 I think so then how how did you kind of get out of the covid thing and how did you transition back into aiming for races or you know whether that's orienteering or other things how did you find that the other part of it coming out of covid even though it still exists as as we know from will but um you know it's it's the world's got got more back to normal yeah, well, I really struggled in um, 2021, actually. Um, there was a lot of things going on. Like, we had to move out of our house in Sheffield and um, move in with Tom's parents, which was interesting. Uh, you know, we were trying to buy a house um, so that, yeah, we obviously could live independently and... Um, plan and do everything for our wedding so yeah last year when it came to sort of the first selection races in um Nottingham I found that I wasn't very excited uh, because I had so much else going on in my brain that I I felt like I couldn't give orienteering it's you know the focus I I think it really needs if I want to perform at the highest level and achieve the results I want to achieve so that was a really tough decision last year to um sort of withdraw from selection races and mm. withdraw myself from uh yeah consideration for selection for the world champ so yeah that was that was pretty tough but uh, as I said I had lots of other things going on so they were big distractions <laughs> um and and good ones at that so um yeah last year was more of a you know life organization year and I didn't do you know I didn't really compete at all until the um the latter end of the year uh but yeah I decided to go on the, the sprint camp to Denmark in mm. uh October and really for me that was just like to find out whether I still liked orienteering or not because having been away from it for so long so it would have been it was two years since um so I did the world cup in China in 2019 mm-hmm. and then this uh then I was going to do the the sprint camp in October uh 
yeah, I mean, I wasn't really sure, because, you know, you've been away for so long, you're like, do I actually still like this or not? Do I really want to compete? But yeah, being at that camp, being with everyone, uh, the team and other athletes around is just, it just really motivated me to, yeah, just give it another go and keep going. And um, I really liked Denmark. So what was the big goal this year? Yeah, relit that that fire and yeah, definitely. As, as, so, how did you kind of prepare very specifically then for walk in Denmark? Were there things that you did that were particular to that, those championships? I don't think so in particular because I don't see uh, the terrain in Denmark. I didn't see as um, anything really like special or different. Um, it's sort of really nice old towns nice terrain um fairly flat which is what I quite like as well (laughs) not too many hills so you know that's something to work on for the next two years for sure but um yeah I didn't I didn't see it as like a crazy challenge or anything I really needed to specifically do uh or change in my training I just knew that like speed would be important but also um I knew that having had a bit of time away from orienteering, I needed to try and do as much sprint practice as possible to to get the skills up to speed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And in the last podcast, we were talking about your um, working with a coach and you the fact that you were being, being able to do that leading up to the Sheffield Half Marathon. Is that something you've continued to do? And I know you were kind of enjoying having quite a... Uh, a more targeted training plan is that something you were able to continue over the last couple of years uh yeah so, well since um October really when when I decided that uh, yes I did want to go for mm. for the world champs and that's something that Rob and I did yeah I mean I I think I owe a lot of um my uh yeah I guess I owe a lot of my success to Rob because he's really really helped me um, and yeah, now we've been working together for uh, nearly four years. So um, wow. that yeah, it's uh, and we talk normally every week. Um, generally, just like chatting, sort of not rubbish, but just yeah. like chatting. Like we don't a lot of the time we don't talk about training. It's just like it's just nice to have someone to bounce ideas off uh, and just just talk to like outside of work and you know someone you don't really see very often but it's yeah it's just it's just nice to chat but yeah we sat down and came up with a plan for the year sort of key races that I wanted to do and different um milestones along the along the road to to the world champs yeah and obviously that sort of had to change a bit um in in April but you know we, we made things work and uh yeah, so that partnership's still there, very much going. And hopefully it'll continue, so Rob, please keep me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, I think it seems, you know, even despite that that injury just before the JK, you must have put in enough good work before then that you could, you know, cross-train and, and, and run as little as you did into that first World Cup and you still had a fantastic result in that individual sprint. Yeah, I was really pleased with my winter. Um, so I s- felt like I s- kicked off my training after that October camp in Denmark. Um, 
started going to the track uh, with Derby AC, which was a, a nice group of people to run with, um, some similar people, um, similar speeds to me. So, yeah, I was training really well. Uh, yeah, got 10k PB, 5k PB. So, yeah, things were going really well. I was really happy with, like, my routine and the rhythm I'd got into, sort of balancing training and, and work. So, yeah, I think I, I was in a good place, Um when I got to ASOM and I was really excited for the season. So yeah, that was another motivation as well, I guess, was I knew that the shape was there. It's just, a, it was just a really unlucky injury that I had no control over. It was just unpredictable. So. That's what orienteering injuries are often like. I remember one time on the podcast, they're either overuse injuries that happen through, you know, that same repetition of movement, or it's a random freak thing like that that just absolutely messes you up. But Let's on to more positive things then in that, that World Cup um, in Sweden, in Boros. A first top 10 finish for you with ninth place, I believe, in the, in the sprint race. Uh, tell us um, about that race um, from your perspective, uh, kind of, yeah, running through it. Yeah, so going into the race, obviously, I was not sure uh, how fast I could run. Basically, I, I hadn't done... A, tried to run slightly faster the week before just to see if my Achilles was okay. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but going into the race, I had like three three things I, I was telling myself to focus on. So the first one was to like, don't even think about running. Like, all you need to think about is, is orienteering and getting it right. Um, mm. So I noticed sort of on the... On the way to number one, I started to question, on the way to control one, I started to question, like, am I running fast enough? But I think because I had that clear goal in my head of um, making sure not to think about the running, mm-hmm. I was able to, like, quickly wipe that and just really focus on the orienteering. So I managed to do that the whole whole way around. Um, yeah, it was really just focus on the orienteering and just let the running follow along. Mm. So I think that really helped in that race. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I don't think it works in, in every race. I don't think it would work in every race. It just happened to work in that one. So it worked in my favour then. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really, really was unknown and I didn't know how it was going to go. So obviously <laughs> I was uh, really, really pleased, but also very surprised. So Yeah, I was going to say that that was the question that I've written down. Were you surprised at that result? Because... Yeah, there were, there are when you have no idea of your shape, no idea what you've done with injury. You also have been orienteering, you know, as much um, in the last, you know, since COVID, basically, um, to have any idea of what what your shape was going to be. That that must have been a fantastic surprise. And and did you? What did you take from that forward into the world championships? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm not sure because the World Championships, you know, didn't quite go my way in the individual. So uh, I like to think that I did take some things forward, but perhaps didn't implement them um, to I mean, you must have had some potential. good feedback that your shape was there, um, you know. Even yeah, that, that, you know. that, yeah. That that is true. That was very good feedback to have. That the cross training, cross training, the cycling, all the effort I'd put into um, on the bike was worth it. 
so that was a very nice feeling because it was hard work um sometimes to get out on the bike when all you want to do is run and also cross training in the gym early in the morning training twice a day more often than I would normally do to try and get extra things in yeah it did make it feel like it was all worth it so that was a nice feeling that I knew after the World Cup that I didn't need to push on. I didn't need mm. to do anything different. I didn't need to do anything special. I just needed to carry on and just needed to do what I'd been doing, focus on the orienteering, let everything else follow afterwards. So, yeah, it was it was good feedback from the fitness perspective and that, you know, I could still orienteer. It's, it's also a nice feeling as well. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to a walk. Was there a bit of a sense of finally? Yeah, it was such a nice feeling to be back. Uh, four years is such a long time. I mean, it almost doesn't feel like four years ago, but, um, yeah, I feel like I've lost two years of my life somewhere, which is, I'm sure a lot of people feel <laughs> yeah. the same. Like, it's really, really strange. Um, but, yeah, it was just so nice to be back seeing, like, all the other people from different nations and uh, everyone there competing and just, like, obviously everyone really excited to compete in the more normal environment I think so yeah it was just very very exciting yeah the vibe there was amazing I thought I mean it was a very very well organized world championships as well Mm. but just the fact that everyone was just super happy to be back and the Danish organizers were just they couldn't wait either they were just wanted some athletes to be there you know chatting (laughs) to some of the course planners like They've been sitting on these courses for five years and they were like just super relieved they hadn't been leaked or anything like that. So um, (laughs) they were just, it just, they just couldn't wait for people to actually race on them, which was incredible. But obviously the first race, uh, sprint relay, unusually, it was a sprint relay first. Um, And in the last podcast when we talked to you, you said there's not much better than running the first leg of a sprint relay. So uh, that must have felt pretty epic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is my favourite, favourite thing to do. Um, it's, I don't know what it is about, I th- well, it must be the team atmosphere. I think there's something about the relay that really brings the best out of me. I th- I think I like it more than the individual because I like being in a team. I like having other people there um, and, know, and knowing that your performance is not just for yourself, but it's for other people as well. I think that, com- like, I come from, like, originally playing team sports. So mm. I think that sometimes I'm, I miss that a little bit when I'm, you know, out running by myself. I miss kicking a ball around the field and Yeah, you did a lot of football. Stuff. You're even so, wearing an England shirt right now. Yeah, you, you know what, right, I haven't, uh, apart from to go to sleep, I haven't taken this off since <laughs> yesterday because I'm, I'm, I'm so like absolutely buzzing about the result the women's football yesterday honestly I've been following women's football like my whole life so oh it's just yeah such an amazing day yesterday was so so good I was absolutely gutted I couldn't get tickets to be there but oh it would have been so cool um yeah would have been really 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 fun um but I celebrated you know in my house instead so um that's nice uh (laughs) uh, yeah but so I think it's that that team thing I just really love being part of a team and like working for other people as well as myself 
Mm. So I think, yeah, the relay brings the best out of me and um, it's just really, really fun, like going off in a, a mass start with other people and then all going different directions and, and stuff. So, yeah. And um, I think that must have been really your, your your best relay leg, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I actually... I'm. <laughs> See, I, Rob always says I'm I'm my own like worst critic, and I really am because I'm not like not really I'm not like uh, totally satisfied with the race. I came back too far down in my opinion, but you know I made an, a mistake, and that's just you know that's just what happens in orienteering. But I can take like lots of positives away from the race that I didn't totally melt down. Uh, <laughs> I, I I stopped figured out you know where I'd gone, what was wrong, and and carried on, and you know set the team up as best as I possibly could uh, on the day in the situation. But yeah, I think it it probably is. Um, yeah, the World Champs and the World Cup this year were probably my two best sprint relay. Uh, runs so that's uh yeah positive signs and I'm very very pleased with both of those yeah it's a it's a good time to have it and you know you're coming back in in third after after first leg is that's pretty good that's that's a middle position that's that's you can't really set the team up much better than that and then I don't I'm not when I'm commentating on site I'm never really sure where where you go afterwards are you able to watch the race do you do you like watching the race do you rather not like what what do you do when you finish and especially after first leg yeah so uh yeah you genuinely can watch the race so I went uh went you know to my bag got a drink sort of took myself away for about five minutes or so but then kept my eye on the on the results screen to see how Ralph was doing and I saw he was doing pretty well, but to be honest, I didn't, uh, at that point during Ralph's leg, I wasn't really paying too much attention. Like I didn't know that the, there was, had been this like big mistake and, mm. and Ralph hadn't been in the big mistake kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think I took myself away for a bit, but also, yeah, keeping one eye on the results and saw that Ralph was really high up. So, you know, it was, it was a great, great feeling. I think, Previously in sprint relays, I've finished and I felt like a little bit ill because um, <laughs> I, you know, I've been really nervous for um, what you know what position we'll end up in. But this time around, I actually felt probably the most calm I've ever felt, and I think that was due to the that the belief within the team it sounds like really cliche or cheesy to say it but I think we all really believed that we were going to get a medal and we and we even knew that there was a chance of um winning the gold medal as well so I think that actually calmed me down a lot I thought you know I've done my job and I trust the rest of the guys to do theirs and this is you know it's going to be a good day yeah. Well, I'm glad you were calm because I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I I was realising before the start of the broadcast that I was feeling really nervous. I'm like, I'm never nervous for the broadcast. It's just, it's just fine. It's just normal. Then I realised what I was feeling nervous for was for the team, because yeah. I, because from my perspective, I was like, well, this is the best team that you've put out for five years, maybe. Like, been yeah. knocking on the door for a medal for pretty much the last five years 
Um, yeah. And, and, you know, you all seem to be in pretty good shape. And there was as well in the back of my mind, they could win this as well. You know, yeah. I, I knew you'd be absolutely delighted with a bronze medal. But <laughs> yeah. and and therefore getting the silver was even better. But it was there Definitely. was even I felt the expectation on you, and I wasn't even part of the team, so I don't, I don't know how you must have been feeling. <laughs> oh, I was just so excited. I think I think everyone was really excited, especially yeah, the first big sprint relay for for four years. And um, yeah, like I said, the belief was really there, and we all trusted each other to to do our job and yeah it's it's a four person team and four people have to do their jobs and that's what we did so unbelievable feeling really yeah. really happy and um, meg goes out in the lead yeah. followed by tova alexanderson the two of them have been matched up together for a it feels like there's a duel between the two of them now what was yeah, it you definitely. know what was it like watching that yeah. that leg in particular and then seeing megan come come up the finish in in that silver medal position Oh, it was it was so exciting. I think I, again, I wasn't nervous because you send Megan out in that position and you just know she's going to do a fantastic job. Like there's there's no doubt or worry in your mind at all. Uh, so yeah, we were all just really really excited and yeah, just obviously wanted to find out which position it it was going to be um but you know ultimately it, whatever the position was it, it didn't matter because we'd all had you know solid enough runs really good runs um but yeah seeing her come down the finish I mean I've got like the picture on my on my um <laughs> computer screen is is as like as Megan's running into the finish so um yeah it was just such a nice feeling it just felt like a lot of uh, it's like relief as well. It was like mm. finally we've done it. Like we knew we could, and now we have. So uh, yeah, watch out, world. Great Britain are, are here, and yeah. uh, we're here to stay. Just we're like home. the lionesses. Yes, yes. Call it, calling the shots here. Absolutely <laughs> love it. I, I'm, yeah. Just took the 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 whole team to have good runs. You know, not yeah. not one person kind of messing up and just just being solid to to, yeah. to make it there. And then and then you've got to you've got to reassemble to go for another race. And you're doing all of the all three races again. I remember when we when we were chatting to you last time, we were trying to say, oh, which ones would you like to do? And then Will piped up saying, do everything. <laughs> and and you did do everything. So then you had to yeah. kind of somehow prepare yourself for a knockout sprint. Yeah, uh, you know, I still uh, can't decide if knockout is quite my thing or not, but I really, really loved the World Championships mm. knockout. It was a lot of fun. I think I liked, you know, the area was you know, my kind of thing, like a town centre. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. also thought it was incredibly well organised, the whole mm. thing. Um, no hiccups uh, at all, really. <laughs> Barring, you barring know, some, some people, people falling, falling over. Uh, <laughs> but that to be didn't honest, if that's the only race. thing that people are complaining about in the in the whole of the world yeah, championships, I mean, it was bad, but that's pretty good to be honest. But yeah, yeah. on the whole, like, yeah. yeah, that's it's not bad going if just one thing goes wrong, really. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, the the thing, the race I was most uh, prepared for and most excited about was the relay. Mm. So the knockout. Um, it felt like an opportunity to yeah race well, run hard, and see where it got me 
um which is what I did you know the my semi-final everyone everyone who's talked to me about the semi-finals like your semi-final was so entertaining what happened and I still don't know what happened in that race like it was mad it was just mental everyone running everywhere and the leads changing people going wrong I went wrong and then other people went wrong yeah it was just crazy so it really felt like any of us in that um semi-final could have made it through so that was really exciting it was you know obviously I was slightly disappointed that I didn't make it into that the top two um to get into the final but I was really really happy with the day and how I approached the races prepared warmed up warmed down everything and that's a big part of it as well Mm -hmm. it's not just the races itself it's all the stuff that goes around the races how you recover and how you set yourself up ready to to go again so yeah it was just a really really fun day it was very tiring but it was really fun it is a long long day yeah really yeah long. it was they what, were what, like a 9am really qualification yeah. or something and the finals were really late as well so uh yeah it was a very long day um but you know it's it's good practice for having races like that you know in the future next year the year after so um any opportunity you get is just fantastic to to have a go and um, and see what happens yeah and then on to another rest day then on to the the sprint the individual sprint and you must have been pleased with with coming top in both the knockout sprint and the sprint qualifications yeah really happy um yeah again they were it was a surprise um to me the the knockout qualification was uh it didn't feel hard running at all I just ran and found the controls and uh it sounds really simple uh (laughs) but I I don't think it is that simple but that's how it felt on the day so I I was surprised uh and then same with the individual sprint qualification as well because I didn't feel like I was pushing really hard um I was just really focused on finding the controls but I obviously was pushing hard because you don't you don't win the qualification without like running running a decent speed so um but it must have felt yeah, in control obviously, though yeah I felt very very in control so that was a very nice feeling nice feedback to have um from those races and uh you know whatever the end result is when you've got uh those qualification races in the bank um then you can tell yourself you're a good orienteer no matter what happens in the final, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. So we move on to the final. Um, mm. It sounds like one you weren't happy with, even if it's your your equal, you replaced joint equal top. It equaled your best other position at a world championships. Let's, let's try and get that out. But it still sounds <laughs> like it was one that you weren't very happy with. Yeah, I mean, it's one that... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I still don't know what to say about that race. To be honest, it's very, very difficult to to process. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really tough one. It's not that result is not reflective of my ability, where I am this year, how hard I worked this year to get onto the start line. Um, it's not, you know. I would be, I'd be happy, 17th would be great if I'd had a good run, you know, if I'd had Mm -hmm. a good run and it was 17th and, you know, that's where I am. But because I didn't have 
I didn't have a run that was the same as the World Cup, the same as, you know, the knockout qualification or the qualification in the morning of the same day. Like, it's a it's a very difficult uh, result to take because I know I'm better than that. You know, I've, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't I didn't know what position I was expecting yeah. it's just I just wanted to have a good run and yeah. I didn't do that so that's the dis- the disappointment I guess is not so much in the position it's the execution of my run was very poor so yeah. it's a hard one to process yeah yeah I think a lot of orienteers watching would have probably looked at your performances and gone that's probably not where Charlotte wants to to end up and and I mm. I also think a lot of people watching will have gone yeah that's probably not representative of what you've done the rest of the year as well but um I guess it's, it's it was a bit sad to personally end the end the champs on a bit of a, a sour note yeah it, it was sad on a you know a personal level but incredible from a team uh perspective like you you know you can't get a much better day than that can you <laughs> someone yeah, no. someone in the team becomes world champion you know it's uh, absolutely unbelievable I am so happy for um Megan obviously absolute superstar but um equally or if not more so for Alice because we've been together on you know the same journey in orienteering for the past seven years since walk in 2015 to now and Mm. she's just got better year on year on year and yeah that you know that almost is like behind the silver medal that is my highlight of the week and that is you know my if I had to give an award to performance of the week it would be (laughs) to that because yeah she's worked so hard and um that bronze medal is so so well deserved and then to yeah. Ralph as well for the sixth, just unreal. Oh. To get on the podium, it's, you know, what a day. It, and the party in the evening reflected how good the day was, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I made a very small trip down to the banquet uh, and the British team was still not there by the time I had to go and yeah. leave and like, do a bit more editing and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so I think there was a pre... I assume there must have been a pre-banquet party before you even headed to the banquet. <laughs> Yeah, we'll call it fashionably late, um, <laughs> or so late that a lot of people had already left. I think, um, but yeah, no, we had a we had some fun at the the cabins. Um, had some pizza, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of a journey across to the banquet. So there was a, a bit a bit of a delay in us getting mm-hmm. there. But yeah, we were once we were there, we had a really good time. So yeah, yeah but and and for you personally, let's say let's take the sprint. Uh, you know the sprint final aside this from an outsider's perspective seems like a big step up for you and you're now not just oh no I'd like to get into a top 20 but here you're in the top 10 you're winning um, qualification races and you know how much of an impact has this world championships had on your belief in your own ability or your confidence and believing you you're you deserve to be up there mixing it with the best in the world yeah it definitely gave me a lot of confidence um I don't think I've ever been in a better position than I am now or yeah my belief in myself has never been quite so high but yeah that's not just because of the races I've had but it's because of the races that the rest of the team has had as well if if you can see uh 
and witness and experience other people having success and you can really aspire to that as well so belief and motivation is is very very high right now and for me now it's a case of thinking uh, deciding what I need to do in the next year and two years to to still be in the same position that I am now and to still be making the team and fighting for medals that's the that's the ultimate goal yeah, there's something profound that Megan said after her win, which was, oh, well, I just raced it like a race in Britain. I know yeah. the British girls are world class and I race to beat them. So it's the same thing. I, You know, everybody else is the same level as my competitors that I normally have in Britain. So I just race to win. Like, yeah, simple yeah, as. Yeah, that, it really is that simple. And, you know, that's so inspiring it's nice to hear that as well because that's I think that's how I feel as well is that you know when um you know month on month you're training with and competing against the best people in the world then there's there's nothing better than that you can't get better training than that um training against world champions and world medalists is is where we want to be and hopefully that inspires other people as well to to stay involved or get involved with the squad and the team uh and we can all push each other on to to greater things yeah i know a lot of the the juniors were um out at different training camps during walk and they were all kind of crowding around watching or looking at the live results <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that and but nice. you know you guys are you know, proper role models for them, you know, 14, 16, 18 year olds, you know, all, all around the age and, and that you are doing a, the job of inspiring them. That must feel, feel great, but strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nice. I mean, it, uh, it's just, yeah, just a case of wanting people to, to be involved and people to be keen to, to join training and um, train with us. And I think it, it comes from, um, like a few years ago I, I sort of had this realisation of you know all these other orienteers are, are just human beings as well like they're just people <laughs> um, and that's just that's what we are and hopefully you know people see that we, we're not doing anything special like Megan said you don't have to mm. do anything special to get these results you just have to uh, work hard um, do what you normally do in a race and uh, and have fun as well. It's the main thing. Oh, fantastic. And of course, walk finishes. And and I guess, I don't know how you view the World Games. It's kind of something a bit different, something a bit special. But a bonus trip out to Alabama, to Birmingham. Not Birmingham where the Commonwealth Games is happening, <laughs> but Birmingham, Alabama. There's two Birminghams holding yeah. major sporting events this year. Um, and yeah, I guess a, quite a fun uh, week of something a bit different orienteering wise yeah so so fun um you know I, I having been there and experienced everything it really feels like it should hold a higher regard in not just orienteering but um like globally sports wise mm. as well Cause it was such a, a huge event and experiencing that as an athlete was really really cool because you did feel like you were at the olympics you know we stayed in an athlete's village with mm. all other nations all other sports we ate we all ate in the same place and the same like canteen all had the same environment and conditions so it felt like um you're on that really like level 
playing field as much as possible mm. uh, with the other orienteers, but also other sports. And mm. it's just so interesting to see uh, like other people from different sports preparing for their events and races or their competitions, whatever whatever sport they do. It's um yeah, it's it was really really fun, really interesting, a very very unique opportunity, uh, and yeah, it's just something totally different, but um. Uh, yeah just a lot of fun I think one of my highlights actually was um so to the middle distance we had to we had to get a, a coach mm-hmm. uh, like a bus um but for some reason they decided that we needed police escorts uh, no at, way at the front and behind the bus so we had a, like a police car in front with flashing lights a police car behind with flashing lights and we were like escorted. It was about half an hour drive from the accommodation to the middle distance quarantine. And like they like stopped all the traffic at traffic lights, so the bus just like glided on through. Um, it was sort of pointless, but really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cool. amazing. I I'm so glad I didn't hear about that. So I I w- and it makes me very happy to hear what you had to say about the World Games because I was working there for two weeks for the world games doing all of their social media um so managed to get a bit of it but it's um it's nice to hear from an athlete's perspective that it you know feels like a big thing to be part of i mean there was just branding everywhere and people in national kit everywhere and it was it was very exciting and also very warm 35 (laughs) degrees i think most days but with the humidity was like i mean insane how did you cope yeah it was very very hot definitely not used to that at all um yes Cecilia and I went for a run the first day we were there um went up to like the top of the hill and then along a trail and it was just felt like obviously you've been on a long flight as well but it felt like really hard work like hard work than it it would normally feel um but no, I didn't I... run outside when I was there. I just <laughs> ran. I've never run on a treadmill, but I did three runs on a treadmill because I did not want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it was it was okay. I think you just had to just be like, well, you know, this is what this it is. is. Like, I can't change. I can't change it. It is hot and I'm suffering. But yeah, it's just, it's just how it is. But it was a different um experience running wise yeah I'm not sure I've ever run in conditions quite like that so yeah different I don't I don't think many orienteers did at all really in yeah. those conditions <laughs> and no one had really quite been into that but the, the race I, one race I want to particularly pick out of yeah. of uh of the states was the sprint relay again yeah. and for you unusually not the first leg you're doing the last leg this time yeah. sent out in in a fairly solid fourth place, I think. It was a yeah. reasonable gap behind uh, behind third and then a reasonable gap back to fifth. I think Johnny did a fantastic job of, yeah, of dropping job. The, the Danish team and I think another team in there. So very solidly in fourth. Uh, it looked like very, very basic orienteering. I mean, I was watching it and I was like, this is really easy. How on <laughs> earth are, there's going to be, you know, it's just going to be a straight running race. There's going to be no drama in this whatsoever. <laughs> How wrong was I? Yeah, very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was so excited to do the fourth leg actually. Um, Cause yeah, I normally do first. So I felt like it was a really good opportunity to test myself in a different situation. Um, I like the first leg because it's a very controlled environment. You know exactly when you're starting. You you mm. know you're lining up against every other team. Um, 
and yeah, and I quite like that. Uh, but I think it, yeah, it was a really good opportunity for me after the world champs to challenge myself in a in a different way. So, yeah, I, I sort of sat down with Rob and we thought about different scenarios. So you know, what happens if I go out in first? What happens if you know I'm chasing? You know, all these different things. Mm. Um, uh, but I, you know, I was slightly relieved when when Johnny was coming in and there was no one else running in behind him <laughs> that actually like calmed me down quite a lot I was like oh I'm going out mm-hmm. by myself you know it's okay and I quite like the idea of chasing so I I was uh I was like loved the idea that the three were ahead uh and I was chasing them but I didn't like worry about the people behind I just focused on doing my own thing um and it didn't uh yeah, it didn't feel at any point like I was going to catch them because I felt like the gap was perhaps a little bit too big. But also that my the main thing I was thinking on the way around was just just again, it was just do the orienteering and you never know what hap- is going to happen in front of you. Mm-hmm. So as long as I do my thing and I, you know, do a good job, then um then I'm happy with my race. Yeah. So yeah, and everyone else had had a good run before me, so I just had to finish it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that that seemed to happen. And um, if anyone hasn't watched, there was like the most dramatic mistake. I think. I, well, we thought we'd done it for dramatic mistakes on the sprint relays this year, but there was yet another one <laughs> with Carolyn Olsen on the last leg for Sweden. Yeah, I mean, just completely running past the control and not punching it, and then going back. Did did you get a sense of anything that was happening on your run? Um, no, because it was really close to the end. So I was in this, I think it's like a baseball stadium. Mm. I was running to one of the controls and the three girls were running um, sort of back towards the, the park to the last couple of controls. And I thought, you know, that gap is pretty big. The rest of the course is is fairly straightforward. But you know, you know, they might have missed punch, whatever. I just have to, I just have to do my run. Yeah. There's nothing I can really do to close that gap, but you just, just keep running and find and get the controls. Uh, so yeah, I came into this little park before the, before I had to run out to the last control. I was running through the park, um, went over this little bridge and, and out of the park and I could see the last control, but also in front of me, I could see Carolyn Olsen, Mm. And I'm not sure, I can't quite remember what I thought, but I think I thought, what is she doing there? And <laughs> and then, and I was like so focused on like getting to the last control. I was, and then she was like stood looking at a map and I think, and my brain thought, oh no, maybe she's like confused. She doesn't, she's, she had a back turn to the last control, like she wasn't facing it, she was facing the other way. I was like, well, maybe she's just like got confused where the last control is. And at that point, I was absolutely terrified. Um, <laughs> I was like, what if she sees me, turns around, realizes the last control is there, and like, and then comes... you're in a race. Yeah, and oh. then and then I'm racing and her. She and she's well. absolutely phenomenal athlete. I was like, this is going to be so hard. So I just punched the last control and was like, just don't look back. I was like, there's yeah. nothing, just don't, if you look back, you're wasting time. So, you know, just absolutely go for it. Um, and I crossed the line and I like sort of, look, I was like, am I third? Like, <laughs> what's happened? <laughs> I was honestly so confused. I was like, I think I'm third, but no one's told me if I'm third. Because, 
you know. And the team wasn't yeah. there to welcome you in. It was really strange, wasn't it? <laughs> no, because they were at the last control, obviously, just, you know, going to cheer me into a good fourth place, yeah. I think. So they weren't expecting it either. So I yeah, crossed the finish line and normally at big events, you, you like run towards the screen and mm. you can see where you're going to come in. The split times are up, but they didn't have that at the sprint relay at the world game so i honestly crossed the line and had absolutely no idea what was going on i was like am i you know am i first am i <laughs> fourth i i honestly didn't know so um yeah that was a really really cool feeling though to to feel like i i'd done it and i'd just, like stuck to my plan done my thing the whole team had had really really mm. good performances and it all came together for a bronze medal um which is absolutely amazing really mm. really cool yeah, really cool. How did you, who told you? How did you find out you were third? Well, I think I sort of guessed. And then I think I heard like the um, commentary or something say. Uh, mm. And then I saw the, the, the team, were, to, team were running over and I was like, oh, we did do it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so. then you got a big chunky medal. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that is probably the coolest medal I'll ever win. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty pleased with that one. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very nice, um, nicely decorated medal. It's got little images of, uh, you've probably seen it, but it's got like little images of nearly every sport that was in the World mm. Games. So like a little sort of cartoon. And yeah, it's very cool very very cool experience i'm glad you had i'm glad you had such a good time yeah. a good time with it and looking ahead you've kind of already um referenced it a couple of times i'm going to bring up the e-word which is edinburgh it's yeah. uh, home world championships in yeah. um in two years time we're about to head into a into a forest european championships and the kind of split system kind of continues so what do the next I mean I know you're probably not going to know completely what the next two years are going to look like for you but but what's your your thoughts at the moment yeah for me now is uh enjoy watching the forest orienteering from a safe distance on my uh, laptop screen <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no so for me the next international competitions aren't until next August um with the first world cup sprints being in the Czech Republic then mm. uh, so yeah looking towards that as the as the next orienteering goal but you know so there's a long time between now and then so turning my attention to some some running uh, I have some uh, vague ideas as to what that might entail uh, not sure you know I'm quite ready to reveal those plans yet <laughs> but they're not they're not solidified but you know probably looking at some some longer distances and um yeah working on working on the longer distances running wise for the for the winter definitely because oh, it's what i enjoy it a mystery but watch this space then i guess that's the thing yeah amazing we'll see we'll uh, see thanks very much for having me and uh, sorry for waffling on for so long but yeah it felt like there was a lot to cover so yeah it's uh, it's really good fun to be back thank you So huge thank you to Charlotte Ward for chatting to us. Um, just seeing how her kind of tumultuous year came together with a lot of success, I think, and a lot more self-belief for her um, on the world level. It was super exciting um, to be able to hear that. Um, we will 
come back again with another podcast very soon kind of maybe doing a little bit of a wrap up from those european championships in estonia which we are very much looking forward to hopefully will by then you will be uh, significantly recovered and back to your usual self um and i very much look forward to that so we will see you very soon <laughs>